The medical health information provided during this program is for general information and educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional advice. None of the given information is for the purpose of diagnosis or treatment. Neither does this program serve as approval for any health product or brand. This program aims to enhance your personal health and wellness through the adoption of healthy lifestyles and your prompt presentation to the health professional whenever you suspect that you are ill. For treatment and professional advice, ensure you consult your physician. Welcome to Say Yes to Good Health with Memorial Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole and I invite you to join us as we discuss breastfeeding and lactation. We're really giving a lesson today in breastfeeding basics or breastfeeding 101 if you want to call it that. And joining me because she's such an awesome guest is Lila Brooks Fritz. She's a certified nurse midwife and certified lactation counselor at Memorial Hospital. Lila, so glad to have you on again. So let's just start with some of the basics. First of all, why don't you just cover some of the health benefits of breastfeeding and really the health benefits for both baby and mother? Well, that, that's a good point. There are many benefits for the baby. Everything from less sickness, less obesity as an adult, they don't overfeed. It's the perfect solution for babies, less diarrhea. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, you know, anybody that's interested could just Google breastfeeding benefits for the baby. Now, the thing that they don't always think about that's a big factor is what are the benefits for the mother? So I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes that's how we sell breastfeeding is not the benefits for the baby, it's the benefits for the mother. So it's a convenience factor. They don't have to do any preparation. They lose their postpartum weight. It helps with postpartum depression. There's actually a natural relaxant. And basically when you are breastfeeding, it's like a little tranquilizer so you sit still and breastfeed your baby so it's going to help with things like the baby blues I think the weight loss is a huge big thing getting back to shape faster and then once you get through the initial struggle the first month is a little hard you get to the initial struggle it's so easy you don't have to do bottles and preparation and you've got a healthy baby and there's a huge big sense of confidence that you have done everything to feed this baby you look down at the baby, you see them growing, and you see their fingernails and their hair and their little belly getting there. You think all of that came from the mother. So it's just a wonderful thing. But there are some struggles in the beginning, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. We certainly will. But before we get into some of those, I introduced you as a lactation counselor, a certified one. Tell us a little bit about what that means. What extra training do you need? Because you're also a certified nurse midwife. And tell us what training you need to be a lactation counselor. Well, lactation and midwifery go hand in hand. That We've always had a big sense of enabling mothers and babies to be one and healthy and preventing illness. So to go on to get a lactation consultant as a midwife was kind of like a win-win. So I also had 40 years of experience in nursing, helping mothers, breastfeeding my own babies. But what I did is I went back to a training program and there are a lot online. There's some in person. I'm kind of old school. So I actually went to a training class and it was intense. Originally, my husband said, what could you learn about breastfeeding? You've done it your whole 
life. And I did. I learned about the science of breastfeeding and, of course, the, you know, the benefits again and things that were just fine-tuned. And it was from an evidence-based standpoint. So it was a 40-week course of literally five days a week, eight-hour days, long lectures, hands-on, and then finally a test that you pass to get your lactation degree. And then you have ongoing education after that just to keep your status up. So it, it was intense, but it was very enjoyable and informative. And rewarding, I imagine, because it's something that you have passion for and you obviously yeah. truly love to help mothers with this. So let's get into it now. So first of all, how does breastfeeding compare to formula feeding? Because some women do have this question, speak about colostrum, how it helps babies, and then we'll get into some of the real basics of getting started. Well, it's amazing. Breast milk has so many beneficial properties and even the best formula out there has not been able to emulate that they try over and over but humans are species called species specific we need to have human milk cows and baby calves need cow milk you know the animals are made to make milk for their babies so they're never going to get a formula that's going to match breastfeeding and then when you add in the autoimmune properties and the fact that when the baby is full, it can be sucking, but nothing comes out. With a bottle, they keep sucking and either suck or they drown. So babies tend to overfeed on formula and the formula has certain allowed contaminants in it. You've got to heat it up. You've got to buy it. And breast milk is free. So it's something that has huge benefits, more benefits than money can buy, and it's free. It's just a little hard to get going. And it is a little bit of input the mother has to put into it. It's kind of difficult in the beginning. It's very doable. And then once they get fast that first month, things just get so much easier. And sometimes we do have to throw a little formula in with the breast milk. What the modern day thing is, we're actually putting pasteurized breast milk to little babies in NICU because we know the huge benefits. And if the mother chooses not to formula feed or doesn't have enough milk, which sometimes does happen, we can actually supplement. There are actually milk banks where you can get breast milk that's been pasteurized and tested for the babies because we all know that's the best for the baby. Absolutely. So why don't you speak about those beginning times when it can be just a little bit challenging? Is this something that starts right away? Do they have to learn anything before they have their baby? Tell us a little bit about that process of getting the baby latched on for the first time and then thereafter. And how's that process work? Well, that's a good point. So, you know, in my conference, they made a statement that we don't want to necessarily tell the mothers too much information because they think this is going to be really hard. And it's not hard, but having the benefit of a good friend, a mother that's breastfed, a great OB nurse has been trained, and of course, a lactation consultant. That's all going to be very beneficial. And I do think it's, it's good preparation to do some reading and some research or wonderful things online. We give a booklet to our moms. It's got a chapter on breastfeeding. A lot of great information out there. And now with media out there and Facebook and the social medias, there's all kinds of groups that people can follow through. But it's a very natural event. It just sometimes needs a little bit of help. So, you know, getting the good latch, I always tell my moms, 
have the baby in the room with you. But when you breastfeed, have the nurse come in and look at the latch. Because if the baby is not latched right in the beginning, the mother gets sore, then she gets frustrated. And, you know, there's a high percentage of women who leave the hospital that wanted to breastfeed. There aren't. And that first month, we lose up to 50% of our women sometimes. So working with a lactation consultant is a great, great idea. Because we've got tricks. You do have tricks. So how do we know once the mother gets going and she's done this and you've told us about how you can help with that, how do they know when baby's hungry, how do they know how often to nurse? Can you give us some of the signs? And how do you know if the baby's getting enough milk? Well, that's exactly one of the few downsides of breastfeeding is that we don't see how many ounces the baby took. So a lot of it is as you learn your baby, you get more experience, you kind of realize that. Now, one of the cool things about breastfeeding is the baby can suck as much as they want. And there's a period of time where they're sucking and nothing's coming out. So as long as the mother's not sore, she never really can breastfeed too much. Now, a lot of what we monitor on is weight. So I actually have a very delicate scales. The mother will breastfeed and then I'll weigh the baby and I can tell her how much the baby got. There is a lot of pressure from the pediatrician about weight gain, weight gain, weight gain. So I kind of joke, well, you know, I can get you a fat baby by throwing in formula, but it's also going to be a fat fifth grader because you screwed up breastfeeding. So patience, you know, sometimes the mothers and babies struggle a little bit. I sometimes see mothers every third day and I tell them, you know, this baby's not going to starve to death, but we got to watch it closely to get that weight up. But it takes two weeks to get up to the birth weight. So that kind of makes women a little bit worrisome. But the babies nurse every two hours and the mother will match how much the baby needs. So nature has got this all figured out. And like Absolutely it's not, they it's do. not real hard. Just a little bit in the beginning, a little lack of self confidence because women have never done this. That's true. And you certainly would get better at it the more that you do it. So do you have some advice for women about eating healthy while breastfeeding? We only have about two minutes left or so. Just give us some of your good advice about nutrition and what she should and shouldn't be doing. Well, the amazing thing about breastfeeding is the mother can have pretty decreased nutrition and still do well. As long as she's drinking water, she's going to make breast milk. So they don't have to have a, a hugely healthy diet. It's always helpful for everybody to make sure they got fluids, eat the healthy food. That actually helps them lose their postpartum weight too. But women in concentration camps could still breastfeed their babies as long as they had water. So they don't have to have a huge fancy diet. It's helpful, but they basically will make milk regardless as long as they have fluids. So what about things like alcohol and spicy foods? And, you know, we hear about all those kinds of things. Do any of those interfere? Not really. The only thing that could be a little bit of a factor are things like nicotine, caffeine, and any of your more illegal drugs. Marijuana, even though it's legal in many states, is a no-no with breastfeeding because it stays in the fat. But if a mother has a spicy diet and she tolerates a spicy diet, the baby will grow up with a spicy diet and be fine. So there's really not a lot of restrictions on the diet from the mother besides like the things I've stated, more of the marijuana and the illegal drugs. But everything else is probably going to be fine for that mom. And in our last minute here, tell us about breastfeeding classes or any services that you offer at Memorial Hospital. 
Well, we actually in the past had a class called Booty Camp, and we had a specific one on breastfeeding, and we talked about those things that we've been talking about. But the modern day patient not really coming into classes in the physical. Now, there are online things they can do. The American College of Nurse Midwives has got a midwife.mom. That's actually an excellent site where they can get breastfeeding information. And I think using the social media, using the internet, and then just having it checked with a lactation consultant. So you originally talked a little bit about some of the supplements. None of the supplements, things like fenugreek and things like that, nothing that is really panned out with the evidence. Probably doesn't hurt anything. They have breastfeeding cookies that have yeast in them. One thing I did forget to say is you talked about alcohol. We used to say, well, women would have to had a beer and they have to pump and dump. Well, we found out that really doesn't work. So they are allowed to have one drink a day. And that is not going to hurt the baby. They don't have to pump and dump. That's valuable breast milk we don't want to lose. So they basically don't want to have excessive alcohol or they might not be able to take care of their baby. But one beer, one glass of wine, one mixed drink a day is really not going to be a problem. Well, you have just made a lot of women very happy, Lila. Very encouraging for many women who say, I just want one glass of wine. But now... Tell us about some of the difficulties that you've run into because you really, you've said that it's not easy for everyone and some women find it painful or they get red, sore. Tell us some of the the solutions that you have and how you help women with that. Well, probably the biggest thing is the poor latch and just the stress that women have of not getting that baby's weight up as fast as the pediatrician wants it. But the scab nipples, the poor latch, even if you get a good latch after the initial bad latch, it's still going to be painful. And then we have to worry a little bit about things like nipple yeast infections that can be like stabbing pains in the nipple. We worry a little bit about mastitis that usually happens more of like two weeks into the process. Women can feel like they've been hit with a Mack truck. Flu-like symptoms, red breasts, painful and that those are all taken care of with medication. So as lactation consultants, if we see those women, we can do something about it. And then sometimes I do kind of prep them ahead of time. Hey, if you've got this going on, you need to be calling me. This is like a breastfeeding emergency. So those are kind of like the main things is just getting the milk supply in. And then, of course, one of the biggest problems with breastfeeding is the back-to-work environment. And uh, in Illinois, we do have a law that the employers have to give the women a time and a place to breastfeed. So if, if they're not doing that, I'm usually on the phone calling. So the back to work thing is hard that women really need to pump a couple of times at work to keep their supply up. And, you know, I think that a lot of times we see the failure at six weeks because women are back to work. So they've got to be determined and work at it. But most of the problems with breastfeeding, they have corrections. Well, I think they probably do. But speak about things like pumps, because there's so many probably on the market today, manual, electric, I don't know, there's just a ton of them. So can you speak about how you advise women on these? Do you have any favorites that you want to recommend? Well, actually, you're right. The The world of pumps has really come a long way since I breastfed my baby 40 years ago, had a handheld pump. 
but they the insurance are mandated to pay to either the rent or buy a pump. So even if a person has public aid, they can get a hundred dollar double electric pump that's going to work perfectly fine. Now they've got a lot of add-ons. Pumps can be as high as five hundred dollars. There are pumps that just fit into the bra. So while the woman is working, she's walking around. She's actually pumping at the same time. We have uh, plug-in lighters to the car that she can go car and she can pump in the car. So the pump world has really gone a long way. In fact, a couple years in Time Magazine for one of the outstanding products of the year, it was a $500 breast pump. So they vary a lot. You have to kind of check your insurance. And um, there's a lot of new products out there that are hugely improved in the pump world. Yeah, kind of interesting how that's really evolved. Now, for women that do pump, and they're going back to work, or, you know, they've just are making an excess in supply. How do you properly store breast milk for short and longer term? Speak about the best ways. Do you freeze it? Do you refrigerate it? How long? Tell us about some of those details. Well, refrigeration is the best. And the beauty of breast milk is that it can stay in the refrigerator like two to three days. So if the mom is going to be using that milk within two to three days, it's better not to freeze it because they do lose a little of the immunological properties when they freeze breast milk. Still a million times better than formula. But moms can usually pump what they need during the day for the next day and just keep in the refrigerator. Now, if they have a side-by-side refrigerator, the breast milk will stay two to three weeks. If it's a deep freezer, it can be nine to 12 months. So if the mom has a huge supply, she could actually put it in a deep freezer. When she's actually stopped breastfeeding, she could finish up and using what she has. I've even had mothers who have given breast milk to their older siblings when they've had a cold or they're feeling ill or have some diarrhea because they know the benefits of it. Now, one thing I do try to caution women is they don't need to have a huge amount of supply stored up because what they pump one day, they really want to use the next day and not have it frozen. You know, breast milk is so amazing, it can sit on the counter for an hour and not have any bacteria grow in it. So that's kind of the on pumping and storing. Then you mentioned for women that can't make breast milk or have trouble doing this. You mentioned milk depots that accept donations or milk sharing programs. Are these bad? Are these good? Speak about some of the, you know, regulations and what women should know if there's someone that really do want to use breast milk, but for some reason they can't or they have an excess and would like to donate. Well, that's a great question. Now, some women have friends that have breast milk and they are waiting to get their supply up. So they'll add a little bit of breast milk instead of throwing in formula, which is a lot better. Now, one of the things we worry about is that SDIs, sexually transmitted infections, they can potentially affect breast milk. So the biggest would be more like HIV, hepatitis B and C. Those can go into breast milk. So your milk banks that are giving the milk to preemie nurseries, they've been pasteurized and they have been tested. And when women sign up for milk banks, they'll usually give a blood sample and they'll test their blood to make certain they're disease free. And then those are safer options for women. You know, I don't, I'm not really opposed if somebody's got a great friend, they're breastfeeding also, and they know their history, they know the person, they could share. Because pretty much any pregnant woman is going to be 
tested like crazy for sexually transmitted infections. So that means that milk is going to be clean. Now you do think about, does the milk have nicotine in it? Does the milk have excessive caffeine? Does the milk have meth? Most meth users are really not real interested in breastfeeding. So I think that's a very slim chance of that. But your professional milk banks, they're checking for all those things. So this is not something that is, is off the table for women to look into these banks. No, absolutely. I think it's a great idea. They can Google milk banks and find a local milk bank. We're in Carthage, Illinois, and there's a milk bank in Macomb, Illinois, like 30 minutes away. Wow, this is such great information. You're just such a wealth of knowledge. Now, at the very beginning, and women aren't necessarily pumping at that point, what about getting the whole family involved and certainly the partner? You know, women don't always want to get up in the middle of the night and do all of this stuff. And therein lies when there was the surge of formula, you know, and then the partners were getting involved. How can a breastfeeding mom get the partner really involved? Well, what I tell my couples are men don't have breasts, they're not making milk. So it is a tough job for a woman to essentially breastfeed every two hours. Other countries in the world, they think nothing of it. They're breastfeeding those babies every time the baby whimpers. But in America, it, every two hours seems like a big job. Now, what I tell the dads, if you want to get involved, you get the baby ready, you change the diaper, you get the baby all ready for the mom, and then the mom breastfeeds, and then you take the baby, maybe burp it, maybe calm the baby down after she's done, and you feed the mom, and that's feeding your baby through the mom's milk. But there really is trouble when you start throwing in formula just to make the mom's life easier because it's going to really put a de detriment on the breastfeeding success. But the men can clean, they can cook, they can do jobs, they can get the diapers, they can go to Walmart. And the woman's job is just her and the baby. She shouldn't be doing any other jobs. And what about things then like pacifiers? You know, does that interfere with breastfeeding? After the first month, pacifiers are perfectly fine and probably beneficial. And if I do have a baby that just has a really strong suck and the mom's getting frustrated, I will throw the pacifier in a little earlier than a month, but at the month mark is fine. Some babies just like to suck, and if they are sucking on the mom, they're probably not getting anything after the first 10 minutes. But pacifiers are good, and there's been something about babies who use pacifiers actually have less of the sudden infant death syndrome. We're not quite certain why. That doesn't mean that at 3 o'clock in the morning you got to stick the pacifier in the baby's mouth. It just means falling to sleep with the pacifier actually can be helpful. Boy, so I remember those days a long time ago and crawling around on the floor because the pacifier fell out of the crib. Yeah. So in the last few minutes, Lila, and again, I say what a great guest you are, what resources are available if a woman is having trouble breastfeeding or getting started? Tell us a little bit about your services. Well, at Memorial Hospital, we have, of course, myself, but I'm getting older, so I'm two days a week. But Ashlyn Housewright has been a huge asset. She's younger. I, she's breastfed her babies. She is a lactation consultant. So she is a fabulous resource also. We also have fabulous OB nurses, and we try to encourage any of our interested OB nurses to go back for training to get their lactation consultant. One of our OB nurses, Jerry Bavery, has her lactation consultant degree also, but she's kind of more in the trenches of OB. But we've just got guests 
gals who are really helpful that are working OB also. Katie Rubish is a physical therapist that we have on board. She's very interested in lactation support also. So we're, we've got a pretty good resource here. So you can really, really help women. Do you have any final thoughts, best advice? Just give it a try. I tell people, if you breastfeed one time in the baby's life, the baby's getting that colostrum, which is irreplaceable. Just give it a try. Come work with me. Even the moms who are experienced moms that thinks they're doing well, they have questions. You know, whether it's going back to work, it's pumping, they've got a mastitis, they've got a nipple infection. So even inexperienced and experienced moms are going to get some benefit And sometimes just seeing that weight, like I said, when we weigh those babies after they've nursed and we can tell that mom, your baby got an ounce, that's huge, big self-esteem booster for women. What great advice you give, Lila. Thank you so much for joining us. And to schedule an appointment to receive lactation counseling with Lila or one of the members of her team, please call 217-357-2173. That concludes this episode of Say Yes to Good Health with Memorial Hospital. For more health tips, you can always visit our website at mhtlc.org or you can call that 217-357-2173 to get connected with one of our providers. We'd like to thank our audience and invite you to download and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts. And please share this show with your friends and family because we're all learning from the experts at Memorial Hospital together. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening. The medical health information provided during this program is for general information and educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional advice. None of the given information is for the purpose of diagnosis or treatment. Neither does this program serve as approval for any health product or brand. This program aims to enhance your personal health and wellness through the adoption of healthy lifestyles and your prompt presentation to the health professional whenever you suspect that you are ill. For treatment and professional advice, ensure you consult your physician.